Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. And it's that time once again for the Jack Riccardi Show, and here is Jack. Well, I'm listening to you. You're promising some pretty um, tantalizing low temperatures. I'm raising the bar. Are you sure about all that? I mean, 56? I'll tell you what. See, in the news... You sure you have the map upside down or something uh, there? I mean, just say it, you know. Here's how we do it in news. We always say someone else says. Police say, (laughs) weather forecasters say, I'm just a messenger. It is said that (laughs) low temperatures, some believe that low temperatures will be... All right. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, you know, those are some... Those are some numbers that make you know. I'll tell you what, Jack, you can quote me. It's a cold front, no, I, something like that, yeah, kind of no. a cool front coming in. I think we're going to be I'm good. Not gonna, look, um, I want to ask you about one other thing. I know you got to get mm-hmm. back to work, but um, I I'm, I feel like I'm missing, I'm not understanding this story today. Is it true that the NFL has announced instead of a Pro Bowl game, they're going to play a flag football game? Hmm, that's Did news you hear to this? me. No, I didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this is how I'm reading it. Um, a flag the NFL announced for- today, Monday, long expected changes to its All Star event. You know the 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 Pro Bowl has always been the worst of all the All Star events in the major sports, right? It just for stinks. sure, for terrible. Sure. And and the reasons are that the the players can't take the chance of hurting themselves. So okay, uh, changes to its uh, long time event, including the changing the non competitive Sunday. Listen to this: changing the non competitive Sunday football game to a flag football competition. You know, this falls in line with my conspiracy, which I've had for getting close to a decade now. Yeah. Because it seems like every year, Jack, the NFL comes up with more and more regulations against physicality. Yep. They've just about gotten rid of kick returns. Yep. You know, you can see defensive linemen. I mean, I've seen defensive linemen called for a penalty because they looked at Tom Brady the wrong way. There's like a four-inch patch on the quarterback that you can hit him. Just ditch the helmets and the pads, break out the flags. If the owners thought that people would still watch it, they would do it. This might be flag football. I Um, mean, that'd be like if if Major League Baseball said we're going to have a T-ball All-Star game. Yeah, it is. What would Tom Landry say? I don't know. There's a TV commercial with Trevor Lawrence playing uh, touch football with some kids. I guess that's the Pro Bowl, basically. Maybe um, the kids will be point, in the Pro so. Bowl. Who knows? Uh, I, I'm, uh, my money's on the kids. All right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Christian. Well, welcome to our show. This is our live show, and it's our podcast. I just want to make that clear. We have a podcast of this show that is this show. So when you see that on the Jack Riccardi page at KTSA.com, I mean, it's it's this show we don't take out Don. We don't take out the mistakes, right? I mean, we leave everything in. Don's like, I'm not well, taking out all the yes. mistakes. We leave everything in, right? Yeah. The, if I yes, make a mistake, it's in there. <laughs> all right. So that's what you're listening to right now, or whenever you're listening to it. All right. A lot of stuff we're going to talk about. Um, this has kind of picked up some traction over the weekend, and, and we were talking about it last week. Remember, I told you about the 
the guy that works for the Trafalgar Group, he's a pollster, and he says that um, he has never seen um, in the polls people so upset about um, the issues um, as they are see- as he's seeing this this in this cycle in this midterm cycle, and he went on to say um, he he was on some of the Fox shows over the weekend. Uh, his name is uh, Peter Kahaley, uh, and he he went on and said that um, he thinks we're going to see another uh, thing like we saw in 2016, where the Trump voters or the Republican voters or the MAGA voters or conservative voters are under underestimated or understated in polls. In other words, there's been so much smearing and um, demonizing and um, worse than Hitlerizing people like you and me that we're not taking surveys. We're not answering the phone. We're not participating. So they, the pollsters, are, it's like 40-something days till the election. I think it's like 44 days. The pollsters are freaking out because they they have not talked to enough people on our side, and they think it's going to be a bigger uh, phenomenon than they've measured. Like you've seen the polls, and we don't talk a lot about polls, but you know it's the the generic ballot, and the Republicans have a one point advantage, or it's tied, or Democrats are making a comeback, or now the projection for the pickup in the House is much smaller. Here's my question to you. Because people tell me all the time, Jack, I never, no one's ever polled me. No one's ever taken, no one's ever called me and asked me my opinion, and I wouldn't give it anyway. So here's my question to you. Do you think there is a big, um, under-the-radar uh, conservative vote waiting to happen that's going to skew the turnout, that's going to blow the expectations? Do you think there's going to be surprises or do you believe the most recent reporting, which is, oh, no, uh, because of the abortion decision in the Supreme Court, uh, it's going to be close. And, 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 you know, I mean, you heard the Chuck Schumer at dinner had a few belts and he was telling his colleagues, oh, yeah, we're keeping the Senate. What do you think? Do you believe the sort of vast secret MAGA vote or do you think this thing has gotten really close? 210-599-5555. You know, it's interesting because you look all around the world. They just had an election in Italy over the weekend, which we're going to talk about. You look all over the world, and you would think if we don't have that big MAGA turnout, then we're out of step with the rest of the world because the rest of the world right now is really giving the middle finger to establishment parties, establishment candidates. Um, they're electing in places like Sweden and Norway and now Italy. They're electing leaders who have promised to put their country first. That's what this Italian candidate said, Italy first. That's what the Swedish candidate said, Sweden first. And this is happening all over. So if it doesn't happen here, it would be we would be the outlier. Britain, uh, the new prime minister of Britain, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get back to basics. We're gonna do uh, supply side economics. It's the last time you heard somebody say that. 
that wasn't in a history documentary about Ronald Reagan, right? 210-599-5555. Now, the other thing that's interesting to watch in these midterms is um, I think I think the House is, is undoubtedly going to go to the Republicans. The only question is by how much. Um, the Senate, I don't know. But the Senate should go to the Republicans if they don't screw it up. And the way they're screwing it up right now is that uh, Donald Trump is sitting on a huge war chest of money in case he runs for president in 2024. And and all this focus on 2024 is moot if they don't win in 2022. By the time 2024 rolls around, a lot of their options are going to be closed off. A lot of the things they think they, they're going to do, that Trump thinks he's going to do, or if you want DeSantis, what DeSantis is going to do, um, aren't going to be there for you if you don't win this one. So why not spend every dollar you can raise on these Senate races? Why not? This is, this is something, I, and I've asked my political friends, and they agree it's a good question, but they don't really know the answer. Why wouldn't you take every dollar... And if you're Trump, you can give people the money and give them a a big string attached to it, like, hey, you better remember, Blake Masters in Arizona, you better remember that I gave you this money, or Adam Laxalt in Nevada, or Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania, or whoever it is, you know, um, Herschel Walker in Georgia, giving you this money, but you better remember, I want you in 2024. Why in the world are they sitting on any money? Why are they saving up money? when it could be one seat. And you've got these states, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, where the polls are like, it's one point. You realize this, right? So we're looking at all kinds of close races, and Trump is sitting on this ginormous pile of, of 2024 money. 210-599-5555. All right, now the election in Italy... Looks like the new prime minister will be a woman named Georgia Maloney. Uh, and she's the nominee of a party called Brothers of Italy. Uh, if you listen to the media today, I don't mean this show, but a lot of, a lot of shows, a lot of places, uh, she's being described as the new Mussolini. First of all, she's better looking. <laughs> but she's, oh, this is terrible. Italy has embraced fascism, and she's the most far-right candidate since Mussolini. Mussolini was a dictator who ran Italy from 1922 to his own people killed him 20 years later. And um, Georgia Maloney is, she's not, she's not far right. And she's not Mussolini. And Mussolini is not who they think he is when they use that term. So what she is, is one of these candidates who says, uh, aren't you sick and tired of your leaders putting you last? Aren't you sick and tired of a country that doesn't enforce its own borders and immigration laws? Aren't you sick and tired of politically correct uh, cancel mobs and um, curriculum in the schools that turns your child against you? Aren't you sick and tired of the war on people of faith? Why is the government supplanting religion? That's her point. She, she gives this speech. She calls it the Citizen X speech. And she talks about how if you look at how modern society is erasing the individual, gender doesn't matter, parenting doesn't matter, right? 
She says, we're all being transformed into Citizen X. Meaning, we're just identify, you know, unidentifiable or people without identity drones. And that makes us easier to control. So that's what she's talking about. That's not far right. That's just common sense. I mean, that's, that's a realization people are coming to all around the world and all around this country, seems to me. As far as Mussolini, good grief. Mussolini was the darling of the American left. They act now like calling someone a Mussolini is an insult. What they don't recognize is that their kind loved him. He was a socialist. He weaponized government against his enemies. He believed that government should control the means of production, the dissemination of information. The government should determine what is information and what is disinformation. Does that sound familiar? He wanted the national government of Italy to supplant the provincial and regional governments. Does that sound familiar? He um, was adored by the American left of his time. The uh, folks at Columbia University created a Mussolini studies course. There was a Hollywood movie that glorified Mussolini. The advisors to FDR wrote about how great he was. They admired that he went further than the New Deal did or dared to go. So why are they calling her the new Mussolini? She's not, and if they check their own history book, they were all in until the end. It doesn't work. It's not working. But people are fed up with... It, it, people aren't waking up in the morning going, you know what, today I'm conservative. They're just they're fed up with the people in charge. They're throwing out the people in charge. And it happens that most of the people in charge right now are, are leftists and ultra-woke, and so that's who's getting the boot. And is it going to happen here? What do you think? All right, here's a quote from a uh, pollster with the Trafalgar Group. I, I keep calling him Peter. His name is Robert Cayley. He, he said on Fox uh, Saturday night, this year... Our fear is that people are not going to be polled that are Trump supporters because of all that Biden has said, all the attacks, people coming after them, and they're just hesitant to even participate. Um, He said, I think everyone will underestimate them, including us. Republican turnout will exceed even what we expect. Now, do you believe that? And you can understand the theory, right? It, it, It does make sense. A lot of people who are conservative... Um, even if they're not, quote-unquote, Republican, just so mistrust polling and media that they just don't, they won't take the call, they won't participate, they'll hang up. Um, They've gone deep underground. I mean, even when Trump ran the first time and they hadn't geared up the whole worse-than-Hitler machine, think about all the people that didn't display a sign, didn't wear a hat, didn't have a sticker, but but they, they voted. And think about all the people that, that have confessed, you know, like unlikely Trump voters. Yeah, I voted for him. I've met so many people like that. It's weird, right? I mean, normally people are usually can't shut people up about who they support or who they voted for. Uh, 210-599-5555. So do you think he's right? Or do you think, no, it's, it's going to be really close and I, I'm, I don't trust it. And, um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people who are not crazies, who are not tinfoil hat wearers. Uh, they're not all MAGA people. And they just have this 
very strong fear or hunch that the election is going to be, you know, monkeyed with, tampered with. I mean, there's no question that some of that went on in 2020. I don't know if it was enough to swing it, but there's no question that some of that went on. And the people we should be able to trust have proven themselves untrustworthy. The people that should be above suspicion have lowered themselves into suspicion, right? And you have, even at the, even at the local level, I don't mean Bear County, but in so many places around the country, you have county people and state secretaries of state that have taken, you know, Zuck Bucks or Soros money or, uh, or have just created this, you know, no fault voting. You can, you know, we'll take your word for it. You're a registered voter and multiple mail-in ballot applications. It's a mess. I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to be a, a fringe conspiracy theorist to think, I don't know if this thing is going to be on the level. So where are you on that right now? 210-599-5555. Matt is on KTSA. Matt, good afternoon. Well, what you were saying, Jack, about people needing to be kind of like a silent living in the dark and come out and vote, they're going to have to because I do think they're going to do their best to absolutely meddle with this. And I've got a reason for saying that. Three weeks ago in my mailbox, I received three voter registration forms for people who do not live in my house. But mm-hmm. these were people who had lived in my house once upon a time. Mm-hmm. And the question I have is, what would keep anyone from filling those out and then using mm-hmm. that for a mail-in ballot and then turn around and voting? Absolutely right. nothing. And, and this right. and this is just my mailbox. What about right. the people next door? What about the apartment down the down the street? I, I'm very concerned about that. Yeah, no, I, I don't blame you. And I hear stories like that all the time. And in my my friends in other states where they have a lot more mail-in voting, it's really wild. I mean, there's just piles of these applications all over the place and very yeah, and, easy to and get and people and people advertising for them. Yeah, and and it, it is very concerning to me. I mean, I sent some some pictures of the envelopes I got into Trayware, never heard anything or something like that. And it's like, well, apparently he's not overly concerned. Um, but you know, I contacted my local representative. <laughs> wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I'm not letting others. you hold on, hold on. That was that was a cheap shot. Now Trayware gets a lot of mail. Just because he didn't respond to you doesn't mean he doesn't care about it. We all we all care about it, Matt. Don't don't take it personally. Well, I, I would have thought something. I would have thought something of this magnitude might have been like, "Holy cow!" You know, let's see this because I've contacted. Well, but but you I'm know, telling you, are you are you hearing me? I'm telling you, it, 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 stories like yours. I know it was shocking to you to get them, and it, and it is shocking. But this is happening a lot, so it's not like you're the only guy to whom it's happened. But don't take a don't take a shot at him because you're frustrated with the system. Well, that's not that's not right. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to let you do that. That's that's cheap. Uh, I, I, I understand your concern. By the way, not to put down my own radio station or this industry, but you don't take that kind of concern to, to a talk show host. You take that to the, take that, to, if you're in Bear County, you take that to Jackie Callanan. I, I mean, I, 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 these are serious things, but we're not going to fix them on a radio show. But I do think that people are right to wonder, like, will this, hidden turnout or this what the guy calls you know deep underground voters are they going to come out and is that turnout that that he admits they don't have any measurement of is that going to be enough to overcome the the you know the chicanery and the trickery with the 
mail-in ballots and people, uh, can, you know, drive-through voting or same-day registration or all this nutty stuff that's happening all over the place. And, and again, it used to be that when somebody would talk to you about this stuff years ago, they were kind of, you know, intense. But now the people that say this to me all the time, I don't mean on the air, I mean just out in the public and stuff, these are not conspiracy theorists. These are not flat earthers or uh, politically extreme people. They're very moderate, very reasonable people. It, it, to me, it would be an anti-intellectual position to say, oh, no, I'm sure everything is fine. <laughs> you'd have to really, you'd, you'd have to be in deep denial to think, oh, yeah, nothing will go wrong. You know, only the people that should vote will vote. Votes will all be counted. Be able to trust the results. And, you know, there's going to be some very close, looks like there'll be some very close races. What do you think? 210-599-5555. And then, yeah, about about the new Mussolini, um, she can't be the new Mussolini because they've got the old Mussolini wrong. The old Mussolini was a socialist. So when a leftist calls somebody the new Mussolini, that should be a compliment coming from them because the left loved him. It's interesting. Somebody asked the question this way, and I think it's a good way to think about it. Should you be more worried about a guy that writes mean tweets or should you be more worried about people who want to round up and arrest people who write mean tweets? Which is more of a threat to you? A person that is brash and abrasive or a person who says, I will police all the language. I will be in charge of what can and cannot be said. I mean, isn't it door number two, pretty obviously? But it's funny to watch the reaction to these elections. Italy, yesterday, um, all around Europe, this country. Um, basically, every time the voters reject the establishment, every time voters tell the beautiful people, hey, we're done with you, Oh, it's a move to the right. It's a lurch to the right. It's the far right. It's terrible. It's like Mussolini and Hitler and Trump and Death Santis. And, but here's the thing. People all over the world, this isn't some global conspiracy. People all over the world have just come through an experience that has convinced them that they are being ruled over by either morons or really evil bastards that don't care about them. Take your pick. I mean, the experience of the last two and a half years is that either these people are not very capable, or they are willing to experiment on my children, with my income, with my livelihood, with my community. They are not responsive to my concerns. They vilify and demonize me if I show up and speak my mind. That's what people are doing. They're not people aren't waking up in the morning going, you know what? I think I'm conservative. I think I'm mega. They're just saying, I'm done with these people that are in charge. And the people that are in charge happen to be these left wing, elite, effete people. Rather than process their rejection and say, I need to figure this out, what what happened here, they go off on this 
you know, the, because it's always got to be a hero story where they're the hero. Whoever defeats them is evil, right? Whoever defeats them is is worse than Hitler. And see, if you can convince yourself that you were defeated by evil, then you don't have to grapple with, well, what did I do wrong? Or how did I fail people? So they're not they're not interested in what you're fed up about or why you're fed up. If you don't vote for them and you put the other side in, you're evil, the people you elected are evil, that's it. And then they get to feel good about themselves. They hop in the Volvo, stop for a latte, and they're good. But, I mean, think about it. Scandinavia, Italy, these are places that until very recently routinely elected social democrats. They gave them a long tryout. They're not happy. And and so there's a belief in these countries, including our own, among all kinds of people. And in this country, you're seeing it. Every race, every uh, demographic group. There is a, a sense that our government doesn't care about us. Our rulers don't care about us. They, they, they make policies that, are, that, are, that hurt, that are painful, that are not helpful. And they don't seem to care. And Oh, and by the way, they don't follow the rules they make for us. And they pr- pretty much rub our face in that. Um, we talked about Sonny Hostin on The View the other day when she had um, gone after Nikki Haley. Uh, she said something interesting on Friday. I didn't pull the sound, but um, she says that um, if Hispanics really care about political issues, they have to be Democrats. So they were talking about the, the migrant flights and the buses and she said, that's what's so interesting to me, that there are so many Latinos. By the way, I guess we're back to Latinos. What happened to Latinx? That's what's so interesting to me, that there are so many Latinos that vote Republican, because they vote against their own self-interest. If you're really interested in these issues, then you're a Democrat. Isn't that like um, when then-candidate Joe Biden told Charlemagne, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And I just, I love when they do this because, um, by all means, keep telling Hispanic voters how bad they are at being Hispanic. I mean, by all means, keep telling black voters that they ain't black. That's great. Please, by all means, I want you to keep saying that. I want Joe Biden to come out and say that again, if they'll let him. It's great to tell people, instead of reasoning with people and persuading people or winning them over, or like I said, maybe maybe trying to figure out, why are we losing them? What, what's going on? I want them back. How do we get them back? You know, this would be like the first time you had trouble in a marriage if you said, oh, he's crazy. That's it. I'm done. He's crazy. He didn't take out the garbage. He's crazy. That's what they're doing. They're telling their own voters. I mean, they own the Hispanic vote. They own the black vote. They're telling them, you people are terrible at being black. You people are terrible at being Hispanic. Don't you know? 
And I was saying this last week, it's like we've given up on persuasion. Have you noticed how little of that there is anymore? Have you noticed how little effort and, and, and energy is expended on saying, look, I want to put some things in front of you. I believe if you think about this, this, and this, you will see it my way. Nope. The other side is evil. Worse than Hitler. I'll bet they don't use the Hitler thing in Germany as much as we use it here. And we, where would we be without that analogy? Beto O'Rourke did an interview with the New York Times where he says he thinks that uh, the abortion issue and the gun issue are going to lead to an upset for him here in Texas. He is behind Greg Abbott in the polls, but he says he believes there is a lot of anger over the Dobbs decision and um, over the uh, Uvalde school shooting. He points out that there are thousands and thousands of newly registered young voters just in the last few months in Texas. And that the combination of the Dobbs decision, because these young voters want abortion access, and then Abbott's sort of ennui about guns and school shootings is going to hand him an upset. It's interesting he's not talking at all about inflation. I mean, I'm not saying that the other things aren't important, but hold on a minute. Before I can worry about anything else, i got to pay my bills. Before I can have an opinion about anything else, i, I got to make sure I, can, I have a place to live and something to eat and I can get to work. I mean, it just skates right over that. And then I don't know. I think the gun thing is... Um, I think that can cut two ways. Like, I know there are people that look at Uvalde and they think, we've got to have gun control. But I also know people that look at Uvalde and say, we've, we've got to have guns. But, you know, both are understandable reactions. You know mine, but, I mean, he only hears one. So he thinks that every time there is a shooting you will want him to be your governor and take away the guns. But that's not how everybody looks at it. That's not how everybody sees it. And a lot of us look at school shootings, a lot of us look at Uvalde, and we say there is a soul and a social problem there that if you don't deal with it, you you will have more of these. You will never get all the guns. So if you don't deal with the things that make people's minds and hearts sick, you won't you won't deal with this. They just had a school shooting, I think it was today or yesterday in Russia. Not real big on private gun ownership. Um what we're talking about was um as you we're now 43 days I think I said uh from the midterms or something like that, 40 something. Do you look at this and go, well, Forget the polls because a lot of uh, conservative or Republican voters are not revealing their choice, are not polled or participating in surveys if asked. People are keeping it on the down low because 
times are crazy, and uh, the president went on television and called us, you know, all kinds of names. So we're just we're we're going to speak with our vote. In which case, there'll be a much different profile than the pollsters are predicting. Or do you think no, it's going to be very close? The Democrats have caught up, and and, and maybe you have a theory as to why you think it won't be as big a wave as had been expected. 210-599-5555. I was talking about this with, uh, I won't name him because I want to drag him into this, but somebody at the radio station, um, and he was expressing the opinion, we've both watched a lot of these, and he was expressing the opinion that um, when the media cover an election, there's this pattern where toward the end, they always tell you, oh, it's getting close, it's getting tight, and they do it because it might actually be getting tight, but they also do it, if we're going to be honest, and I can say this, I'm in the media, we're, you know, we're not perfect. You want, you want suspense. You want people to tune in and, and get the results. You, you want to create a compelling narrative. A compelling narrative is, hey, this thing could go either way. It's not compelling to tell people, hey, election night's coming up and it's going to be a 20-point blowout. I mean, why would I watch your coverage or listen to your coverage of that? So I do think there's a little bit of the tendency to accentuate or shade it as close, whether it will be or not. 210-599-5555, we'll get your thoughts on that. I want to play this for you. It's a very weird story out of Colorado. So the the police pulled a, a pickup truck over. There was a woman in the pickup truck, and um, she uh, she wasn't very cooperative at first. And it took them a while to get her out of the out of the truck. And they put her in the cruiser, which was parked behind the truck, so that they could, um, pro- I guess, search her truck. This is um, in uh, Colorado. Platteville, Colorado Police Department. While they're working the scene, the cruiser that pulled her over is parked on railroad tracks. She went she went across the tracks and then stopped. The cruiser stopped right behind her on the tracks, and it's there for several minutes. And they lock her in the cruiser as they're searching the truck. Well, then a train comes. A train comes. Hits, pastes. This is what it sounded like. Pace the cruiser. Listen to this. She could have because when I was behind her, she was driving slow enough. Yeah. So she could have tossed something, but I lived tossed it out the window. She could have out that window, but who is, is that? Heart? No, that's a. talk about that i i don't i i can't wrap my head around that why would you park the squad car on the railroad tracks and leave it for several minutes the video's gone viral the woman survived uh you look at the car you you cannot believe she survived 
don't know how anybody could survive. She's very badly injured, but she is alive. Well, we were trying to figure out uh, the flag football Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. um, and people are telling me, yeah, that's what it means. They're going to play flag football. I think Why don't they you, just play Frisbee? I think you and I should play in the game. <laughs> I mean, at this point, right? It sounds like it sounds like the company picnic now, doesn't it? It doesn't really sound like the Pro Bowl anymore. Yeah, they're scaling um, it down. Did you um? Have you heard about the butt punt? Yeah, I saw that. Wasn't that great? That was why. If, if, if yeah. you didn't see this, you need to see it. And I and I yeah. Uh, even if you're not a sports fan, so the, the Dolphins won probably the most important and talked about victory of the weekend because they beat Buffalo. But yep. in that game, their uh, kicker had to kick from his own end zone, and he kicked it into the butt of his blocker. Yep. And that guy must have glutes of steel because the ball goes, like, over everybody's head and, like, back into the crowd, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah, the deal is they were so backed up, they didn't yes. even have enough room for a he was under the He was under the uprights. Yeah, and oh. the snap was good. It was quick. The first time yep. I saw it, I didn't know what happened. So I was really fooled because you didn't see a Bills player... You've seen a block pump before. You hear that, right. that double right. thud. And it was just, it was visually bizarre, but it went yeah. off the, it went off the center's butt. And right. I wonder how that felt like, you know, how does that feel today? <laughs> like, what would that, that be like? I mean, you know, do you have like that little uh, cushion with the hole in it now? Or what's he, you know, yeah, is he standing got, up today? Or They've got helmets and shoulder pads, but not butt pads, I don't think. I'm so. telling you. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, the really bizarre. And you know who I thought of? God help him. God bless him. Mark Sanchez. And the butt off fumble. the hook, yeah, he's off the hook, right? No, well, let's no, keep we them both in there. Anymore. Let's let's not throw anything classic. Oh, away. come on, have a little mercy. The guy <laughs> no. suffered for years, you know. So. Look, the NFL's going flag football for the Pro Bowl. True. I'm keeping it all. True. All How about it. the? And then you know, I'm a college guy. I watched so much college football Saturday. I was like nauseous of it. But mm-hmm. um, one game I did not watch, and I kind of wish I had seen a little of it, but I didn't have it on the TV. Was Stephen F. Austin? Oh, did you see that? Won their game ninety-eight to nothing. You know, I saw this Saturday night. I just, I mean, I, I've got time to watch the games. I probably like you. Saturday night by about ten, eleven o'clock, I'm watching yeah. dozens of, of yes. highlight packages. So yeah. I saw the 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 video for that on YouTube. I thought it was like some kind of joke, and I watched that sucker. And I mean, they went up and down the field. So Stephen F. Austin is like in the second division of college football, what yeah. they call uh, FCS. FCS, not, not the, the the best teams are FBS. Mm-hmm. This is FCS, but still, you know, good. I mean, a Stephen F. Austin can play an FBS team, and they do. But they were playing a team that's like several levels lower. I think it was. I called, think it's NIAI. Yes, I think it was like Warner or something like that. Or yes, um, a school from Florida called Warner University, oh. and it was fifty-nine to nothing at halftime. Yeah, and I mean, you can imagine, right? Stephen F. Austin probably put their you know last string guys in, and it it didn't. It didn't, it didn't matter. matter. No, they just kept on. Um, in fact, they took a knee, I think, at the end of the game when they could have gone for two to make it 100. And you could hear the crowd was kind of like, oh. <laughs> they wanted three, three digits. I mean, <laughs> so what do you, if you're the coach of Warner, like, do you even break down that tape or do you just like, we're just going to forget about this? My advice in closing here is new defensive coordinator. That's the probably, starting point. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. That guy's going to have to. 
put his resume together. All right, 511 on KTSA, Jack Riccardi on 550 and 1071 KTSA, along with Christian Blood, who's going back to his real job now as our news guy. And uh, we're talking about uh, all kinds of things at 210-599-5555, getting a lot of email about the police vehicle that got hit by the train. Let me get your thoughts on that. And um, about this election, so uh, what are your expectations? Do you buy the theory that there is a big secret private red vote that isn't being polled and that uh, is going to turn out and therefore polls don't matter and the surveys don't matter because these people haven't been participating or, or what? And, of course, you look around the world, wave elections are happening all around the world. It will be interesting to see what happens with ours. Uh, Larry is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Larry, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jack. I will try to stay on point after that butt punt and that horrible audio or the video. See, the beauty of our show is any of those things could be the point. So you're okay no matter what. All right. Thank you. Um, I do agree you know, that there's a certain amount of people that haven't responded to the polls or, you know, even been targeted for that fact. But I, I don't think the wave is going to be as big as I hope it's going to be because after, you know, talking to family and, you know, coworkers and people that are there, I've asked them a question just straight up, you know, what would it take for you to change your mind? How horrible does it have to be? And they just vote on who they like, not versus policy. So I just, mm-hmm. I'm just, so what you're I, saying I is know. you don't think that um, you think that people are kind of locked into their groove or their pattern, and things aren't bad enough to disturb that yet. Um, unfortunately, so yeah. I yeah. mean, they're they're just blinded by it. So well, thank you, Jack, for I, what you do. Thank you, thank you, Larry. I appreciate it. I, I don't think Larry's theory is a bad one because um, I have to say, when in doubt, people will usually default to what they've done before or what their family does or how their parents voted or, you know, stuff like that. So I, I, I get that. Um, but I, I've also never seen so much um, dissing of we the people by our rulers, and I'm using that term intentionally. I know it's not technically the right term, but that's how they act. Right, they're not they're not public servants. Don't run that on me. Our rulers have taken responsibility for nothing and given the blame for everything to us. At every turn, we are disappointing to them, not the other way around. So that could disrupt the pattern that Larry is talking about. We'll see. You know, the other thing to think about with a big wave or a big red wave. There are, there are really very few congressional districts anymore that are drawn so that they could go either way. In other words, most congressional districts, through a long history of gerrymandering in all states by both parties, whichever party has the, the levers of, of power, they draw the districts so that with a few exceptions, and I mean just maybe a couple of dozen in the whole country, and our 23rd district, the one represented by Tony Gonzalez, is one of them. But there are really very few. When you think about 437 House districts, and there's maybe 20 or 30 that are drawn with such a nearly equal representative of 
Democrat and Republican voters that it could go either way. So to have a wave election, you first you need the wave has to sweep through those purple districts. And then are there enough of them? And then if the wave is really big, it overwhelms even in the districts where, you know, it, it, even in a district that's drawn to favor Democrats, the Republican squeaks through. That takes a big one. 210-599-5555. And Sam is on the radio. Sam, good afternoon. Yes, uh, Jack, I wanted to share with you my opinion about this uh, coming up uh, midterm elections. I believe that the Democrats, I mean, the Democrats, have only one leg to stand on, and that leg being that they're always very good at pointing out what the other guy is doing wrong. I mean, the Republicans mm-hmm. are doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's a smokescreen that they use to hide their own policy failures. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I believe when it comes to this election, the Democrats are going to fight themselves like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, that's a that's a good way to put it. I I mean... Right, I mean, everybody that runs against them is evil. Uh, every idea that wasn't theirs is is evil. Um, if you're not a Nazi, then you're a communist. You're, um, you know, or you're, you know, they'd call you the devil, but then they'd have to be religious. I mean, it, it is it is interesting that their their response to every everyone else but them is, well, they're all evil, they're all terrible. And when Biden said in that interview, when he was on with Charlemagne the God, and he said, um, if you're with Trump, you ain't black, everybody thought that was a faux pas, but that's really the thinking in the Democratic Party. He just didn't say it artfully, but the thinking in the Democratic Party, and this, this gal on The View said it, you're not a good Latino if you're not totally, you know, all the way in with the Democrats. You're not a good black voter. There's something wrong with you. You don't care about the issues, or you don't care about your community, or you don't understand. You're not. You're not. You're not following the news. You don't really. You don't really get it. <laughs> I want them to keep talking that way. I mean, by all means, right up to election day, please. If that's your message. Spread the word. Buffalo-Miami game was crazy. That was that was the butt-punt game. And then um, at the end of the game, uh, Josh Allen, who, by the way, I'm, I'm coming around to. I know, I've, I know I said I wasn't a Josh Allen guy, but I'm coming around to Josh Allen. Uh, but Josh Allen couldn't spike the ball fast enough to, um, to get one more playoff. And, and you've got to see the video. I posted it on the Jack Riccardi Facebook page. Um, Ken Dorsey is the offensive coordinator for the Bills. He has this temper tantrum in the booth. He's up in the booth, and he goes crazy. But those booths are like tiny little enclosed boxes, so he's trying to have a temper tantrum, but he doesn't have enough room. He's trying to throw his headphones, but they only go like six inches. 
it's it, it, you got to see it. I mean, it's maybe it's the kind of day you've had. You won't feel so alone if you see Ken Dorsey. But anyway, yeah, that game did have a little bit of uh, everything. What do you think about tonight? I keep hearing today. They said it on ESPN a hundred times this morning. Tonight is, of course, the Cowboys and the Giants. Uh, they said, oh, Daniel Jones, who's the New York Giants quarterback, he's zero and eight in primetime games. Well, he, hello, he's he he plays for the New York Giants. The New York Giants are zero and forever in primetime. The New York Giants have the second worst record in the NFL in the last five years. So I don't know what that means. I'm I, I I'm not sure who will win, but that is one of those statistics that everybody latches onto and then makes it sound like it's oh that tells us what will happen. I don't know. I think anything could happen tonight. We'll see. But Giants and Cowboys Monday Night Football. So um, we played this. Let me play it again. This uh, Plattsville, Colorado Police Department. They're chasing a woman in a pickup truck. Um. She uh, wouldn't pull over. They kept telling her to pull over. She pulls over. She goes over some railroad tracks and stops. The squad car just stops on the tracks, which I can understand initially. But then it sits there for about seven minutes. And while they're dealing with her and they've put her in the car, here comes the train. Take a listen. She could have because when I was behind her, she was driving slow enough. Yeah. So she could have tossed something, but I literally... Tossed it out the window? She could have, out that window, but... Who is... Is that Hart? No, that's, uh... Then they go running down the track to the car. And when you see the car, tell me tell me if you don't agree with me. I mean, it, it, you don't think anybody's alive in that car. But she lived. And I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I'm pro-police. I, I, I hate the fact that the occasional bad apple makes the news and every day day in and day out they do their jobs they 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 serve and protect they risk their lives it doesn't get covered but this is so stupid i mean this is just incompetent and um i don't know maybe maybe you'll see it differently or maybe you'll you'll point something out we're not thinking of but how can you not realize you're you're parked on train tracks and there's a train coming you're when, when you're watching the video you can hear the train coming. I, I don't get it. 210-599-5555. I was reading the comments uh, on the Denver Post website. People are just, <laughs> I mean, just scathing. And um, some of the comments are from police officers and retired police officers saying, yeah, that's totally not, not the training. Have you heard this story? Uh, hot rumor. It's on Media Matters, the website Media Matters. Uh, the guy that runs Media Matters apparently is hearing that CNN, which is in all kinds of trouble and is just a, a drain on its owners, just, you know, it's not, it's a ratings disaster. Uh, CNN Plus was a failure and it cost them a lot of money. 
It's possible that the parent company is going to sell CNN, and this guy who runs Media Matters says he hears that maybe Fox News will buy CNN. thing I'm really afraid of, he says, is they sell it to Rupert Murdoch. I'm terrified of this. I don't know why. Is it just me, or what the hell would Fox want with CNN? I mean, what, I'm sorry, what, why, would they, why would they buy it? Maybe I don't understand the business, but um, you, you would buy something like this if it supplied to you pieces or value you didn't already have. Um, Fox is lapping them in the ratings. If they wanted a person who was on CNN, they could probably just throw money at him or her and get them. Why would they buy the whole network? So I don't know. It seems like kind of a silly thing to worry about. But he, he claims Fox would, would jump at the chance to buy CNN. And I don't know. It's, kind of, it's funny to imagine like uh, Don Lemon having to share a cubicle with Greg Gutfeld. I, I do kind of like that part. Today is the um, anniversary, the 58th anniversary of the debut of Gilligan's Island on CBS. We're talking about Gilligan's Island coming up. That's one of the shows that left behind a big question. Actually, more than one, if you think about it. All right, so um, we've played so many of these over the years, uh, people going to school board meetings and speaking at the public comment. This is a guy who stands up in front of his local school council. Um, He's wearing a T-shirt that says, Gays Against Grooming. And listen to this, cut number 10. Good evening. My name is Mario Presents, and I'm here as a representative from Gays Against Groomers Coalition with over 250,000 followers across social media and as the uncle of two students in your district. It has come to our attention that the district intends to teach transgenderism to children under the age of 10 without parental consent. If I were to teach your child about my sexuality without your consent or involvement, I'd be arrested. But when the school district does it, it's education. Districts are teaching transgenderism when they should be teaching science, math, and language. Instead, teachers are hiding student pronouns from their parents under the guise of gender affirmation. Can you imagine the uproar if schools were evangelizing or baptizing children without parental consent? Isn't that sort of what you're doing? You don't tuck these children in at night. You don't teach them to stand up to bullies. You don't pay their medical bills. And you certainly don't hold their hands in the hospital. These parents do. Simple truth, space, and science need to be upheld for our society to flourish. The gross indoctrination we're seeing is creating a lifetime of medication and hormones because you can't simply pause puberty. Men cannot become women, and sex chromosomes are encoded into the fabric of our DNA. Simply affirming a teenager's gender is akin to affirming anorexia. Both are body dysmorphic disorders, yet we don't teach the starving teenagers how to binge and purge or affirm that they are indeed overweight. However, school districts, including yours, seem to have no issue secretly teaching girls that they can be boys because they feel uncomfortable in their bodies. A grown adult woman can't get a hysterectomy without extensive medical forms and doctor's visits. But Dr. Safir over the hill in Sherman Oaks is willing to do top and bottom surgery, sterilizing children for life. Parents must be a part of the education process when teaching sexuality to students, and it definitely doesn't need to happen under the age of 10 years old. Wow. What do you think? How's that grab you? 210-599-5555. You know, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, but he said it much better than I did. I said, you know, 
if you went into the schools and started teaching the gospel, if a teacher said on TikTok, hey, I've, I've got Bibles in my room, and we, we read the Scripture every day, but I tell the kids, don't take them home, and don't tell mom and dad, and we, we pray or we cross ourselves, or I've got crucifixes up all over my room, People go, people go crazy. Now, I'm not equating the Christian faith with teaching genderism, but I'm, I'm just pointing out that if you are absolutely supposed to stay far away from something that is a personal choice and a family choice and is considered completely out of the realm of education, with one then you should be taking the same precautions and evasions with the other. Both are presenting a point of view. Both are presenting a bias or prejudice on the part of the teacher. Both are done in possible contradiction to the values of the parents and the family. Both are being done with this sort of creepy, don't tell mom and dad. You know, nothing an adult says to your child prefaced by don't tell your parents is ever going to be a good thing. You know, that, unless it's, unless, you know, Aunt Betty is planning a surprise anniversary party for your parents. I guess that would be the only thing. But, you know, seriously. 210-599-5555. He... I believe speaks for a lot of gay people. I can't prove that. I don't have any surveys or anything. Um, I haven't questioned all the gay people I know. I've talked to a few of them, got some good friends. I will say just anecdotally, and, and again, I don't mean this to sound like it's scientific, but I, I know gay people that are horrified by the grooming of children. They don't hate themselves or the way they live. But they respect that these children are children. And it is grooming. I know that they hate when that term is used. They hate it because it comes very close to describing what's happening. 210-599-5555. And then we were talking about the election, what do you think is going to happen in the midterms? What are you expecting? Do you expect a big red wave? Or do you expect something far less than that? If you look around the world, people are rejecting elites and rejecting governments that have been unresponsive, ultra-woke, hypocritical, screwed up the COVID response, hurt people's children and livelihoods with that response. I don't believe that is a, quote-unquote, right-wing trend. That's just a reaction against the leftist governments that effed it up. If you lived in a country whose government was hypocritical and tyrannical, and has been unresponsive and elitist and dismissive of your concerns, if you live in a country that is putting you last 
and putting its membership in the EU or multinational organizations first, if you live in a country where illegal immigration is being not only allowed and tolerated, but even coddled, people are rising up against those governments, against those parties. That's what I think is happening. But the, the thing with the left is every time people say no to them, they define that as, oh, it's fascism and it's extremism. It's never explainable any other way. They never have to grapple with, well, why are people disappointed in us? How have we come up short? If you and I lived our lives these ways, we'd, uh, this way, we'd never get anywhere. We always have to, at some point, and some people do it better than others, and some people are resistant to it, but at some point in your life, you've had to analyze or, you know, autopsy a bad decision. Why, why do I keep getting into bad relationships? Why do my children not want to talk to me? Why do people at work uh, not want to hang out with me? What? Why am I having this or that problem? Why is my business not going well? Why am I not able to sell like the other salesmen? Most of us have to have some self-awareness. We have to look at, at ourselves in a critical light and say, what, I've got to work on this. But if you're, if you're a left-wing politician, you never have to do that. All you have to do is call the other people, the other side, the one the voters chose over you, worse than Hitler. Must be nice. 210-599-5555. This is what, by the way, this is the apparent winner of the election in Italy. Her name is Georgia Maloney. This is what she sounded like um, over the weekend. Cut number nine. Potrei farne tante altre di queste domande. A monte c'è quella che ci facciamo oggi. Perché la famiglia è un nemico? Perché la famiglia fa così paura? C'è una risposta unica per tutte queste domande. Perché ci definisce, perché è la nostra identità. Perché tutto quello che ci definisce in questo tempo è un nemico. Per chi vorrebbe che non avessimo più un'identità e che, fossero, che fossimo solamente schiavi, consumatori perfetti. And she says in this speech, she says, um, they've come after the family, they've come after parents, they've come after faith, they've come after patriotism. She, she has a speech she gives, she gave on the campaign trail that was called the Citizen X speech. And she says, think about it. They're erasing parenthood. They're erasing gender. They're erasing biology. They're erasing individual, uh, rights. Why are they doing that? Why are they against the family? Why are they against faith? Because those things compete with them for control of the individual. If they can make you Citizen X, if they can take away the things that make you unique, that make you who you are, then you're just, a, as politicians like to say, you're just a taxpayer. Think about it. When politicians refer to you as a taxpayer, that's like you referring to your partner as a, a sperm launcher or an egg generator. Would your husband or wife like to be called that? No, you'd be like, that's it? That's all I am to you? That's all we are to them. We're taxpayers. Just pay up and shut up. So she appears to have won that election. And I just think, as you look around, it's not a, it's not people deciding to be rightward 
It's people deciding to be rid of uh, the, those that have been in charge. And it's, it's happening over many different places. The 58th birthday of Gilligan's Island. This is also the day. It's kind of weird that these would both have happened on the same day. This day in 1964, Gilligan's Island premiered. This day in 1969, the Brady Bunch premiered. But Gilligan's Island has some questions. We're going to get into that. Yeah, but which is the best theme song? Mm, I'm not really big on either one of them, but I know they're both classics. What's the backstory on the Gilligans? Do you know it? There's a story to that song. I can't think what it is now. You caught me on that one. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. Yeah, who was that? Do you remember, Don? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Sorry. Way to bring it up and then have nowhere to go with it. Okay. Anyway, that wasn't the question I was going to ask, but we will uh, we will talk about that here coming up. Um, 210-599-5555. And then um, what, what are your expectations 43 days out with the midterms? Uh, big red wave, not so big. Um, here's uh, Michael Moore who was on uh, Bill Maher's show last Friday night. Of course, we know Michael Moore's political proclivity. Listen to what he thinks is going to happen. Cut number eight. I think the opposite's going to happen this time. I think that that there is going to be such a landslide against the traitors, especially the 147 Republicans, who just hours after the insurrection voted to not certify the elected president of the United States, Joe Biden. And I think that there is going to be so many people coming out to vote. I want to thank the Supreme Court for reminding women that they are, in fact, second-class citizens and yeah. and taking their rights away like this. There are so many, I don't know if you've seen the list of states, starting with Kansas, which, okay, by so the he, way... He is convinced, he has absolutely convinced himself that every development of the last two years all aligns to a blue wave election we'll see and he by the way he wants you to remember he predicted trump would win in 2016 so he's saying if i was right about that i'm right about this but what do you think 210 599 5555 daniel is on the radio daniel good afternoon hey jack uh wow he does sound convinced doesn't he well I mean, you know, yeah, he he's um, in his basement. What, what are you going to do, right? Yeah, I mean, um, wow. But, you know, I think this is the scary part. I'm going to turn out votes. But the way that the last election had way too many questions, you can talk about conspiracy theories or what have you. But I think they're going to be able to pull off some stunt or cheat or what have you. Look at what they did to, you know, Mike Lindell. He, he, I mean, he's questioning, and he's going around trying to find out what's up with these machines, Dominican, you know, machines, what have you. And then they had other fishy things. Look at uh, the dude that puts out a, a good movie about, you know, 2,000 mules. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of other things that go along with that. So even mm-hmm. if – and there's enough uh, there's enough clown show going on for, for people to still vote Democrat as they're going to do, like you were saying, they're people that are, you know, it's, it's their trend. But we got that on top. We still are fighting an uphill battle. 
What's mm-hmm. your thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you 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 will have to have enough of a turnout to overcome the the cheating, the trickery, the same day voter registration, all that stuff. You're 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 absolutely right about that, uh, Daniel. And I I got to put you on hold because you're echoing back to me. But um, I, I think you're right about that. If there is a red wave, it will have to be huge to overcome what Daniel just described. Um, the one difference between uh, cheating this election and cheating um, in 2016 or 2020 is that this is a midterm. So this isn't a bunch of votes that feed into the Electoral College. These are, these are um, dozens and dozens and hundreds, actually, hundreds of individual elections for the House, for the Senate, for governors, for statewide offices. And I do think there is less likelihood of a systematic steal of that. But, but look, I, I don't blame anyone, and I don't try to talk anyone out of worrying about it, because the people you should be able to trust, the people that should be able to look us in the eye and go, we would not let that happen, we are above politics, we're running these elections, we're not taking a hand in them, those people have failed. They have not done their jobs. They have not stayed above the fray. They have lent their credibility to whatever side they favor, and they've told themselves it's okay to do that because MAGA's worse than Nazis, and Trump is worse than Hitler, and DeSantis is worse than Trump, and you know. So that's the that's the unfortunate flavor to all of this. Um, it doesn't mean there won't be a red wave, but Daniel is right to say it would have a lot to overcome. It would have a lot to to rise above in order to you know to uh, to give us the kind of numbers people are are projecting. And 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 I also think, to be honest, I, I, again, red wave is not the right term. It really is a wave against people and parties who have been corrupt and have been unresponsive and have been elitist. I said last week, if Greg Abbott had drawn a reasonable Democrat, he'd be in huge trouble. Yeah, the, I couldn't remember the... the I, I, I had to jog my memory with Wikipedia, but um, the, the deal with the Gilligan's Island theme is that Sherwood Schwartz, the guy that created Gilligan's Island, also wrote the song. Which is very weird. You would think that they had a band or a songwriter. Yeah, I didn't know um, that. But yeah, he he. I I had a chance to interview him uh, at Disney World. We we were broadcasting from Disney World. This would have been like in the early '90s, and they brought all these people in that were TV legends because they were opening the MGM Studio theme park part of Disney World. So they kind of did like here are people from the history of Hollywood, and the history of television and music, and um, and he was fascinating because he worked on a lot of shows and um knew everybody and yeah he wrote the wrote the song and then they had like studio bands record it um but that was the story so today in 1964 this night in 1964 gilligan's island premiered on the cbs television network it was only on the air as an original show for three years yeah and um and was pretty solid in the ratings but when you think about usually the shows that really last and have legs you know we're on a long time you think of you know maybe the great police shows dragnet or or the westerns like bonanza 
Um, just three years for Gilligan's Island, but it's never been off the air. It's never been out of reruns uh, ever since. You know why that is? Why is that? Because the theme song is so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just the song. Yeah. not to notice that they, they they really extend like the movie star yeah and then they're like and the professor and marianne you know, like. they should have changed the lyrics from three hour tour to three mm. season tour oh look at you see that there you go yeah very nice by the way i did not know this till recently they had planned a fourth season and when they completed the final episode of season number three there was nothing special about it it had no resolution because they were they thought they were coming back for another season, and they, then they didn't. And so it's always left the question, why didn't they get off the island? Why mm-hmm. did the passengers and crew of the SS Minnow never get off the island? I'll start investigating. 210-599-5555. What do you think? Why did they never get off the island? Now, when you watched the show... There were more holes in the plots and the episodes than a screen door. I mean, it was just n- nothing. Nothing really made sense. Like the bat, how was it that the batteries kept working? You know, <laughs> so many things that that shouldn't have been able to work and shouldn't have been survivable. But anyway, um, I thought about this, and I will say I grew up with this show. Not in the original run. I'm not that old, but I, I did watch a lot of reruns, and I think I know why they never got off the island. I'd like to hear your theory, and I'll, I'll tell you mine. But why did they never make it off the island? Why were they either never rescued or able to fashion something that they could, you know, launch? They never got off the island because we didn't want them to get off the island. Now, if you think about, there was another show, another sitcom that was also on CBS at the same time as Gilligan's Island. Do you remember Hogan's Heroes? You remember Hogan's Heroes? Hogan's Heroes was about some uh, allied prisoners of war in a German prison camp, Stalag 13, during World War II. And so they're in the they're in the clutches of the enemy, ostensibly, but in reality. Hogan and his men are are fighting the war from the prison camp. So really, they're not being held by the Nazis or the Germans. They're they're running roughshod over them. They're running all these operations and carrying out all these missions. They leave the camp. They go all over Europe. But they always come back to the camp. Hogan's men 
never leave Stalag 13. Well, they leave, but they, they always come back. Because there was more entertainment value than if they had left. I mean, I know the, the rationale for Hogan's Heroes is, well, they stayed because they could carry out these daring operations, and that's true. But um, the reason the people never get off Gilligan's Island is because we don't want them to. It's better if they stay. And I remember as a kid watching it, and I would try in my head to fix the, the, the challenge. Like, why can't they fix the minnow? Why can't they make a raft? Why can't they, you know? But when you think about it now, it wouldn't have, made, it wouldn't have been a good show if they got off the island. The only, the only reason it's a good show is all those situations, all those relationships, all those comedic moments, all that slapstick stuff with Gilligan and the skipper and 210-599-5555. So it's 58 years ago today, Gilligan's Island. Brian is on KTSA. Hi, Brian. Hey, so a little bit of correction on that. I think it was. The late 70s or early 80s, long after the series had already been done, they made a special Mm -hmm. about them being rescued. Right. But you were correct in that it even ended. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the re, I'm not talking about the reunions. I know they, I know they had reunion movies, but I'm, I'm talking about the series. No, but it also ended with them being back on the island. Okay, but Even I'm talking about the TV. Okay, but I'm talking about the TV series. Okay, thank you, Brian. I, I appreciate it. I understand what you're trying to do, but that's not what I meant. What I meant was why why would you not be able to get off that island? And I think the answer is because it's better if they stay on the island. We wanted them on the island. You think when you're watching, you want them to get off, but really you don't. Hogan's heroes. You know, you're cheering for those guys, right? But really, you don't want them to leave the camp. You want them to stay prisoners because that's the show. And um, it was, you know, I also think about now how politically incorrect these shows would be by today's standards. We we can't have shows like this, right? Think about all the all the protests. If you did Hogan Zeros now, oh my gosh, people would be beside themselves. You'd never get it off the ground. You'd never even be able to get it on a network. I mean, maybe like a, like an HBO Max or a Netflix, maybe. But but even then, there'd be protests, and I, I refuse to work on this, and it's outrageous, and I, you know. We could find humor in this stuff, and we could not take ourselves so seriously. But yeah, no, an amazing show. Now the other the other question about Gilligan's Island, I always felt was, and and forgive me, I know this is a a, a guy centric question. Ginger or Marianne, who was your favorite? And I would argue about this with my brothers, because my brothers were Ginger fans, and I was a Marianne fan. You know, Marianne is like the. I mean, Ginger's beautiful. Tina Louise, beautiful, beautiful woman. But really, for happiness, for like good times, for like somebody that would be there with you and do everything, it's got to be Marianne, right? I mean, like Ginger's 
kind of, you know, special occasion girlfriend. But, like, Marianne is, like, everywhere, every day, go anywhere, right? On road, off road. 210-599-5555. I, I, I just, to me, that was... To me, that was always obvious, but we used to, that was another thing people used to argue about, Ginger or Marianne. I don't know. Is there an equivalent of that for, like, the guys on the show? I don't know. Did... <laughs> My sister thought the professor was quite, quite fetching, as I recall. This is the 58th birthday of the television series Gilligan's Island, starring Bob Denver, Alan Hale, and the rest of the crew and passengers of the SS Minnow. Um, they started filming this show in November 1963, and I forget if it was the first or second episode, but there's a shot in one of those episodes. You know, if you remember the opening where the, the they're showing the uh, marina, there's a shot in one of those where one of the flags is at half-mast for the JFK assassination. Um, but the show only ran for three original seasons, and then, um, of course, has been in reruns ever since, and and in reunions and and what have you ever since. So why do you think they never got off the island? Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five, and um, Marianne or Ginger, if you care to answer that. Marshall is on the radio. Marshall, good evening. Hey Jack, good talking to you again. So. Believe it or not, Gilligan's Island was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. I'm, I'm about your age. Um, but I don't know if you remember, there was an episode of The Professor. He actually invented a glue for the SS Minnow. Mm-hmm. The only problem was it failed when it got wet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So remember, he glued the wood, uh, the wood planks on the boat, and then it started popping off. Did you, when you watched the show, did you think to yourself, I used to think to myself, if I was there, I know we could figure this out. I know we could, there'd be a way to get rescued, to get noticed. I mean, how far from civilization could they possibly be? I mean, they were on this little boat, you know, they can't be in the middle of nowhere. And that had weekly visitors. Why wouldn't one of those people take one of them with them? Thank you. You like, Like Russian cosmonauts land on the island. You know, right. other celebrities landed on the island, and then you just yeah. left them there. Right, right. But I I, but when you think about it now, that was the only thing that made sense was they had to stay because that's the show. Yes, but um, like I said, what, never miss an episode. I love that one and Gomer Pyle and Hogan's Heroes and all that stuff. Yes, my yes. My, my babysitter was the television because my mom worked all the time, and I was you know latchkey kid back then. Well, you had good taste so, in show. Those are all the those are all the best right there. So you had good course, taste, and, Marshall. And, Thank you. And, and Andy Griffith. Oh, and by the way, and Andy Griffith. Marianne. Oh, Definitely okay. Marianne. Mar- you're a Marianne fan. Okay. Yep. Yes. So you're Mike. One. You're Mike. <laughs> Okay, you're my kind of guy, Marshall. Thank you, sir. 210-599-5555. Like, I remember asking my dad with Hogan's Heroes, if they can leave, why don't they stay gone? And I don't think he felt like at that age I would understand the explanation. But obviously the explanation is it's television. It's a television show. they got to stay. You know, I mean... It's like anything. Why? Why didn't on the Mary Tyler Moore show? Why don't they fire Ted Baxter? You know, because it's the show. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. All right. So we're talking about the Gilligan's Island anniversary. 
Don Cooper was asking me if I was at KTSA when Bob Denver visited KTSA, but I wasn't. However, I I did meet him at another radio station. I I have to think Bob Denver visited every radio station in the United States at one point or another because he was one of those celebrities that for the rest of his life, this was his entree. I mean, this was the thing, right? This was what people wanted from him. They wanted Gilligan. Uh, they wanted the funny little hat. They wanted the red shirt. And, um, yeah, he was everywhere. He, and reunions and guest shots and fanfares and, um, I, this is, this was a, an interesting story to me. My mom, when she was a teenager, um, lived in Los Angeles because her older sister, who was much older than her, had moved out there and had a family there. So my mom, when she graduated from high school in Massachusetts, spent like a year or so or maybe more living in LA. This is the like early fifties. She's living with her sister right, right off Hollywood Boulevard. I mean, right in the middle of it all. And she worked at a department store in Hollywood. And she met some of the um, stars of that era that would come into the store. And she told me the story one time about how she was um, walking and not looking where she was going. And she ran into a guy, and he dropped everything he was holding, and stuff went everywhere. And when she came to her senses or whatever, it was Alan Hale. It was the it was the the skipper. But it was before this was before. Gilligan's Island. He was a character actor. He was on some different series and done some different things. You see him sometimes on old shows like Perry Mason and stuff like that. But yeah, before he became the skipper. 210-599-5555. But those people, whether it's, you know, Alan Hale, whether it's um Tina Louise, any of them, Don Wells, whenever you would see them on another show, if they were on Adam Twelve or they were on Perry Mason or they were on Columbo or whatever. You couldn't shake the, no, that, no, that's Gilligan's Island. And then the second thing you would always think is, how, what is she doing off the island? How did, how did she get on Mannix, right? James is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Hi, James. Hey, bro, how are you doing today? Hope you're doing good. Yeah, good, I mean, you're bringing it to the good old times, man. I'm talking F2, you know, Mikhail's Navy, and, of course, Carol <laughs> Burnett, Red Skelton. Those are great shows. Yeah. Yeah, and if you yeah. ever brought back All in the Family or Justice, oh my word, they people yeah. would be so mad. But you got to yeah. go, Marianne, and the coconut cream pie. All there you day go. Long. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I hear you. And Alan, Alan Hale was actually in a Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, Hang him high. I think it was Hang him high. Uh, was he? he okay. Was one of those. Okay. I'd forgotten about <laughs> F Troop. That was a good show. That was crazy. Wasn't wasn't um I'm trying to think. Wasn't Ken Berry in F Troop? Oh man, brother. I'm lucky you remember five minutes ago, man. I'm fifty nine years old. Oh, okay. Old. All right. me? <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to put you on the spot. It's not a it's not a trivia it's not a trivia contest. I just I'm trying to remember who was on that, but thank you, James. I appreciate it. I think it was Ken Berry, but I might be wrong about that. All right, coming up this half hour, we'll have the results on the JR poll. 
You can jump in here at 210-599-5555. Jack Riccardi on KTSA on a Monday night. We've been talking on and off about the um, the midterm election, which is now 43 days away. What do you expect? Why do you expect it? And it's interesting, we're having our elections at a time when other countries around the world are also holding parliamentary elections or national elections. And there is a pattern. There seems to be a trend. And some have called it a trend rightward or toward conservative parties and candidates, but I think it's, I think it's more than that. I think it's really a rejection of the people in power. And it's a, it's a willingness to try something else. Cause we're not happy with the hypocrites and the tyrants that we've had over uh, the last two years with COVID. They've shown us who they really are. When people show you who they really are, you should believe them, right? But let me ask a question another way. So I'm asking you, what do you expect will happen in terms of a red wave or not a red wave or a small wave? What do you want from that red wave? So if you're voting for the Republicans, whether this is your first time doing that, whether you were a Biden voter last time or you were an Obama voter or a Hillary voter, but you're voting for for the Republicans, or you've always voted that way, whether you're voting pocketbook, inflation, economy, gas prices, whether you're voting um, schools, education, CRT, whether you're voting some other issue, what is it you expect, what's the payback supposed to be after the election. Because if you get a Republican Congress or a Republican House, still have Joe Biden in the Oval Office with his veto pen, you might still have a Democratic Senate or a 50-50 one. Um, so what is it you expect them to do? And you see, I, I think that the Republicans are being coy about this. When they did their commitment to America announcement last week, it was all stuff that they can work on, but it isn't necessarily stuff they can ram through. When you run for president, you talk in terms of I will, we shall. But when you have divided government, you're talking in terms of we'll try, we'll look into. What is it you're looking for? Do you want them to investigate Hunter? Do you want them to disregard that do you want them to look at uh, election integrity do you want them to investigate fauci do you not care because you think ah, so what if they have hearings and investigations jack that won't do anything nothing ever comes of it 210-599-5555 i think a lot of people want payback no one will say it that way i mean it's not supposed to you're not supposed to talk that way right it's not not patriotic, it's not constructive, it's not Christian. But I think a lot of people want payback. You want to make these people uncomfortable. You want to go after those that have gone after us and our institutions. You're not sure how that works. But isn't it in fact true that the threat of punishment, the threat of payback, is part of what keeps things on track? I mean, 
it may not apply to you, but isn't it true that a lot of people do the right thing only because they're afraid of what will happen to them if they do the wrong thing? And I think people are ready to stop having to show tolerance and endure. And they want to see the people that have been bossing them around and pushing them around and blaming them blamed. So this Congress impeached Trump twice. This Congress preached about masks but didn't wear them. This Congress has been holding the longest-running drama about J6 and has lied about it and has operated a basically one-sided kangaroo court with no rules of evidence, no cross-examination. What's the answer to that going to be? And is Kevin McCarthy the... Is he the is he the guy you think will lead that? Does he seem like the guy that would lead that? Like, oh man, man, we let's get behind him. I mean, I I don't know anybody. I, I don't. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be rude. I don't know anybody that's excited about getting behind Kevin McCarthy. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five, and 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 I also I truly believe the media, and I'm part of it. I know we tend to over emphasize the red and blue thing. People are angry about this country. It's been effed up. It's it, it's not it's not working the way it did when we were growing up. It's not working the way it's supposed to, the way we learned about it. People are getting away with stuff they're not supposed to be able to get away with. That doesn't make you a Republican or a conservative. That just makes you a pissed off American, pardon my language. So how how do you see that election result that you are predicting or hoping for? What does that translate to? What do you think? 210-599-5555. And I'm sorry, I know that's a big question, but if you have a thought on that, I'd like to hear it. You know, I, um, I'll be surprised. I'll say this. I don't want to be a pessimist. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer on a Monday night. I will be surprised if the Republicans do anything like throw Adam Schiff and what's his name, Eric Swalwell, off their committees, I will be surprised if they use the advantages of majority. I don't think they will. You know, the Democrats think nothing of stripping privileges from somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene, and maybe you think she deserves it, and maybe she does, but are Republicans going to play that game if it's their turn? Would they? Will they? Do you care? Will they do the things that would be within their power to do? Not the stuff that's pie in the sky. Could they change the leadership of the Capitol Police? Could they change the rules of the House for inside uh, insider stock trading? You know, we've talked about this. It's a problem that people who make $174,000 a year leave the Congress as multimillionaires. That's a problem. They're waving that money right in your face. They're not even subtle about it. I mean, if you stole that kind of money, 
you'd bury it somewhere. <laughs> you'd spend a little at a time, and you wouldn't want to attract any attention. These people leave Congress, and they live like kings and queens, if I may use gender-specific terms. So Republicans could change those rules, but do they want to? Is Kevin McCarthy the kind of guy? I mean, is he a is he a once in a generation reformer? You know, burn it down. Does he seem like that kind of guy? He doesn't, does he? Seems like a guy that practices his gavel move in front of a mirror when he shaves in the morning. I'm just guessing. I could be wrong. I don't know him personally. Never met him. Two ten five nine nine fifty five. 55. So they're not going to be able to ram anything past President Unity. Even if they have a, a red wave, they won't have a, a veto-proof majority. The Senate will still be close. The best, Even the best outcome in the Senate wouldn't give them enough to override vetoes there either. So you're, you're at a stalemate with, with um, you know, Corn Pop's nemesis. But there are things they could do just within the rules and the operation of Congress. I'd be happy as a clam with the insider trading, just do away with all that. You can't make any moves, you can't make any you can't do anything with your money, you can't all you can do is collect that paycheck and direct deposit it. Sorry, when you're out, when you're done with your congressional service, go hog wild, but not now. Will they do those things? Do you, is that what you want them to do? Uh, J.R. Poll, we asked you about the Bear County judge race between Democrat Peter Sakai and Republican Trish DeBerry. 79% said Trish DeBerry. 21% said Peter Sakai. New J.R. Poll tomorrow when we start at 4 or find it any time at KTSA.com. Yeah, um, I thought this was a good analysis of... Um, the politics of the moment. Bill Maher on his Friday night show was talking about his sort of take on the right and on the left. And it says a lot of what we have said on this show. He says it very well. Listen, listen to Bill Maher. Just, and he is a progressive liberal, right? But listen to him describe the way his side looks and sounds to him. For all the talk about fighting for the soul of America. Nobody seems to like it very much. Too many liberals give the impression that to them, America is just a big, ugh. The red, white, and ew. A country that started out bad and will always be bad, founded on an unrelenting history of sucking and unable to change. But we have changed a lot. Democrat Cory Bush tweeted, this land is stolen land and black people still aren't free. And this was on the 4th of July. Really? 72% of black people under 30 are optimistic about their future in America. Way more than white people the same age. And as far as the land goes, yes, I guess we could change the name of Captain America to Captain Stolen Land. (laughs) But... Honestly, to all the people who start every public event now with one of those land acknowledgments where they say, I'm standing on land that was stolen from the proud indigenous people of the Chumash tribe, I say either give it back or shut up. (laughs) AOC says so many people in this country hate women. Oh, geez. (laughs) 
Even the guy at the party who pulls out a guitar is like, way to ruin the fun. <laughs> Congressman Jamal Bowman says capitalism is slavery by another name. No, it's not. It's the thing that has given more people more prosperity and hope than any other system, flawed though it surely is. But again, something like the free market is kind of synonymous with America. And if you don't like it, I don't know how you can say you love this country. You know who loves this country? You know who's not constantly complaining about what happened 200 years ago? Immigrants. But they will also tell you that America now is still the last best hope. And those people asking for our votes to take it over should remember that. Mm. It's a great point about immigrants. Um, they don't, uh, and you can't say they don't know the history because the people I meet who've come to this country have made a point of knowing it. They could put some of us to shame. They know their civics and they know the history. And they came here. They chose it. They weren't just born here. They didn't just wind up here, wake up one day in a liberal arts college. They chose it. Some of them even risked their lives to get here. Kind of makes you wonder, right? But I, I think he makes a good point. If you want to lead a people, um, you need to say to the people whom you want to lead, whom you are asking to follow you, you need to say to them, this is great. You are great. It would be my privilege to lead you. Let's go forward together. But that isn't how they sound. They sound like this is dirty work. Somebody's got to do it. Might as well be us. And I like the point about the stolen land, too. Then, then give it to them. Give it back. Why doesn't the, the, the progressive governor of a blue state just give that state Give it back. Of course, you say, well, Jack, it's entirely up to him. Well, why doesn't he try? Or she? They like to say it, but they're not going to give anything back. Reparations, by the way, if you and I lived another 500 years, <laughs> they would still be talking about them, but you're not getting any money. Not unless it's somebody else's money. So. What do you think is up with Bill Maher? Does he... Bill Maher, in a way, is sort of like Donald Trump to me. Don't get angry. Hold on. I'm going to finish the thought. I I go back and forth between, wow, this guy's had an epiphany, and, wow, this guy really has been listening, and he's repeating back what he's heard. Interesting, though. We'll talk more about that uh, tomorrow. We'll, of course, be talking more about the uh, midterms. We'll have all kinds of other things. New JR poll. Um we were we were talking about um CNN there was a, there was a, a story uh on media matters that uh CNN might be for sale and there was a rumor that Fox might buy CNN and um I was kind of trying to figure out who would they keep and who would they pair up and what if they like matched up each Fox host with a CNN host. Make like a game out of that. I'll see you back here tomorrow at 4.